the sound that you're about to hear is a sample from the song Shotgun Hit by Cathartic Output. Cathartic Output is a Chicago-based independent music artist, producer, and cannabis advocate passionate about providing consumers with cathartic content through instrumental audio, cannabis photography, and home grow education. Cathartic brings a unique perspective to the home grow experience, uh, leveraging bioscience and the art of aquaponics to fuel the plant's superior growth and output quality. You can read more at catharticoutput.com. And uh, enjoy this sound. It's the sound of the Chillinois Podcast. When I, when I wear my retainer yeah um, i bet I <laughs> yes i have one it's been a while it's uh you know the struggle yeah you know the struggle i do so, i do know the struggle i avoided um, braces thank god but yeah gosh yeah i'm so thankful <laughs> i didn't have to do braces so um yeah. folks that was the cathartic output sound um like i was reading in that blurb they uh leverage the art of bioscience and the art of aquaponics give cathartic output a follow on Instagram. They actually just posted today. They've got a really cool combination of a fish tank and a hum- and home grow. So they're like using the aquaponics out of the fish tank, um, and I guess the nutrients that fish naturally put off, um, to and they're kind of capturing that in their home grow. So um, you guys just heard another voice that you haven't heard in a while. Cole, uh, why don't you reintroduce yourself uh, to some of our longtime listeners and introduce yourself to our new listeners. Sure. Hey, uh, I'm Cole Eastman. Um, I'm an attorney here in Chicago. Um, I used to work for Justice Grown. I actually worked for Justice Grown the first time I was on uh, the pod, Uh, but I have now just uh, recently moved on to a consulting company called Point7, where I'll be the vice president of licensing and compliance and really just kind of helping uh, run the show in terms of, of licensing and, and compliance related uh, duties at, at point seven. That's exciting. That's exciting. You're starting that soon. So yeah. we wish you the best of luck on your uh, new thanks, endeavor. Man. Yeah. Thanks. So yeah, thanks for coming back onto the show. Um, I thought that the conversation we had last time was, was pretty good. And uh, I like talking to lawyers to get their perspective on cannabis law and, and such. So um, yeah. Yeah, I guess just to right off the bat, does now wh- can you remind me what does point seven do, can, or can you tell the listeners so, kind of generally? Yeah, they're they're an end to end cannabis consulting company. I mean, they do everything from uh, you know helping you submit your your application uh, to helping you uh, if you are lucky enough to win a license. Uh, you know, build your construction timeline. Um, you know, set up uh, uh, marketing and financial analysis. Uh, really, just just any need that you might need in the the cannabis industry, they're uh, they're there to help you out. That's awesome. Yeah, there a lot goes into that application, um, and you've you know that's something you're familiar with because I believe you were yep. helping do that at uh, Justice Grown. Can you just maybe detail for the? And I'm sorry for putting you on the spot, but can you give some of the no. 
random things that are on the application for some of the people because the one that always blew my mind was like um you have to like detail your recycling plan what are you going to do with yeah. your plant material right can you maybe give a few others that people don't maybe think sure about? yeah i mean so there's there's everything from actual recycling plans like literally in, in illinois and a lot of states are, are starting to get hit to this they want you to have uh sustainability measures particularly for grow facilities um, so there are things like that. Uh, and then, as you discussed, there's also disposal, which is important. Uh, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of states want you to, say, mix your uh, uh, waste cannabis material uh, with with ground waste uh, so that it's, you know, 50 uh, percent or more ground waste by volume. Uh, and there's a whole process that goes behind that. And you have to detail it and make sure that it complies with that state's regulations. Uh, you know, same goes for uh, security plan. You know, what are your uh physical security measures in terms of, of you know, recording devices, uh, in terms of alarms, uh, panic buttons, all sorts of stuff. Uh, and also, uh, uh, you know, digital security, like cybersecurity kind of stuff, um, you know, all the way to what's your transportation plan. Uh, you know, if it's a dispensary, uh, you know, detail how you're, uh, you know, the interactions with customers, how you're going to check in customers, how you're going to make sure people are above 21. Uh, so really, it runs the gamut. I mean, a lot of these these applications and, and you know, they vary state to state, but some of them um, uh, have very specific procedures and, and kind of a lot of regulations that uh, you have to comply with. And so you have to make sure that every single standard operating procedure that you're putting in there complies with the law and, uh, you know, try to try to go above and beyond. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. That's pretty cool. I was just reading a little bit about point uh, seven. I just did a quick Google um, pretty cool stuff. They're a tenured global management consulting firm dedicated to the commercial cannabis industry. So I was about to ask, um, are you only going to be, do, when I know you don't have it started yet, but it sounds like it's global. It's not just within the state of Illinois. Yeah, it's, it's all over the country. Um, you know, I guess, uh, I don't know what the, the global clients would be, you know, again, full sure, disclosure, sure. I, I start on Monday. Yeah, so uh, yeah. I'm, I'm excited. I'll be finding all these things out very uh, shortly, but uh, yeah, they operate all over the country. That's exciting. That's exciting. Yeah. Um, you know, um, Illinois, Illinois cannabis is an in, in an interesting state right now with applications being held up um, for multiple lotteries. Um, what are your thoughts, I guess, on how that whole process is playing out? I know that's a pretty open-ended question. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... Well, uh, you know, I'm hopeful that the legislature is going to get uh, something done that will, uh, you know, satisfy uh, everybody involved. Um, I think that there is a lot of pressure to get something done. Um, I think it's important that they, you know, think critically about, um, you know, how any sort of changes to the lottery are going to impact, um, you know, social equity applicants. Because uh, obviously the intention of the law is to... Uh, you know, diversify the industry. And that's the most important goal. And, you know, um, I think Representative Ford uh, is the one working on the bill and he seems to be doing a fantastic job. So I'm, I'm hopeful that uh, something is going to pass. Good deal. Yeah. Um, you know, and I'm fully prepared uh, for my audience to crucify me on this question. Um, I feel like we've had enough social equity advocates on that, that people should know where I stand on social equity. But I just wanted to ask because this thought has come up you know, with legalization, I've, I've always felt like social equity was inherent and in part of it. You know, it's it, part of legalizing it would be to to get people, you know, pardon people, expunge their records, etc. I've always, uh, 
felt like those things go hand in hand. And of course, lately yeah. we've seen a real impetus put on it. I mean, J.B. Pritzker basically ran on the idea of, I'm going to to set up a cannabis industry that hands social equity candidates licenses and gives them a shot mm -hmm. at this new and pun intended budding industry. My question is, do you think we can walk and chew bubblegum? In other words, do you think we could have social equity licenses, but also kind of open up the market a little bit? Because I don't know, just like places in it, like Colorado, California, um, Washington is not the best example, but I'm still going to throw it out there. Um, yeah. you know, they've, they've taken a real free market approach to it. Um, and I just wonder if, if we can't do both, you know what I mean? I do think, I do think that's eventually the goal, but I think part of it is, is getting diverse applicants ready for when that expansion happens. Sure. Uh, you know, I think it would Give them be a, good a real shame. Yeah, I think it would be a real shame for us to, uh, you know, all of a sudden say we should be an unlimited licensed state, uh, you know, at the same time that we're uh, looking to diversify the industry, because, you know, obviously that would mean, uh, you know, not as much wealth would be built in those communities. So I think it's really important that we kind of, I do think we have to walk and chew gum at the same time. Uh, I do think there is going to be, you know, obviously we need expanded capacity on the cultivation side. Uh, and the production side as well. Uh, but I think we, you know, we're just going to move slow uh, and see how things go. You know, there's going to be some bumps along the road. Obviously, there's been uh, more than a few so far. Uh, but I think it's important that we kind of, uh, you know, issue these licenses, take a look, see where we're at, uh, you know, potentially issue more licenses if necessary. Uh, but, you know, I think the intent of the craft grows is to really get people ready for uh, potentially maybe more uh, cultivation applications for the you know, uh, to add to the the original 21 cultivators that are in Illinois, or at least I would hope it is. Yeah. I just, I guess I worry too, this is maybe a separate topic from, from the question I just asked. Like I see state after state, you know, you look at Florida, 21 cultivators, Illinois, 21 cultivators, New York, roughly 21 cultivators, this limited license approach. Um, I worry though that those people you know, and we don't have to name names right now because I say them all the time, um, have great lobbying strength and power. And I just wonder, like, the social equity candidates, while it does seem like they have a a friend in LaShawn Ford, like, if we will see anything, I, I hope, I, I don't know, I'm just, I guess I'm starting to become cynical, I just realized, um, because of the yeah. way that the last one played out, you know? Um so I guess I should yeah, no, I think faith in the idea, you know. No, I mean, I, I think that you're going to see, uh, you know, other uh, organizations kind of built by social equity applicants that will, uh, you know, uh, become much more influential in, in, in Springfield and beyond. Um, I think that's happening now. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I dream for a day where we have um, some cannabis cultivators and cannabis stores where I can I can feel good walking through the door and know that I'm supporting a local Chilinoian as we say um, yeah you know local neighbor friend whatever it may be um, that'll be a good day do you to totally put you on this I'm not expecting you to know this answer I, nobody does when do you think we'll see some movement <laughs> I know it's coming <laughs> yeah you knew that uh, question was coming yeah, I do. Yeah. No, I, so I have, I literally have no idea, sure. you know, anybody who says they does, they do is, is probably, uh, pulling your leg a little bit. Uh, mm -hmm. but 
you know, I think it's important that we get this legislation passed. I'm not sure if IDFPR and the Department of Agriculture are waiting for legislation to pass before they move forward. But God, I hope soon. Uh, you know, I can't imagine that, you know, it's going to take them much longer to grade these applications. I did hear that there were, uh, and this is through the grapevine, that there were some deficiency notices that went out to some applicants on the craft grow side uh, like two weeks ago. We didn't receive any on our end. So, uh, you know, I can't confirm that as, as uh, to definitely be true, but that's kind of what I heard through the grapevine. So it sounds like at least uh, ag is still working through uh, the deficiency process with some applicants. That's exciting. Well, I know that a lot of the applicants, um, you, well, I don't want to say I know, you would hope that a lot of applicants have their stuff together for, to put it shortly. And by that, I mean, you know, a site licensed, a site picked out, a community picked out, etc. Cole, tell us if you could, I'm putting you on the spot again. I've seen you do this. This is how I met you. Yeah. What, what is required if you want to come into a community and just to put you on the right spot, since you don't really know the question I'm sure. asking, um, or to send you down the right road, you had to come and say like, Hey, this is where we're looking to be located. Um, my name's Cole. You can ask me any question. You know, you introduce yourself to the community. Tell us a little bit about what it takes what people should do when they're considering starting up a cannabis industry. Yeah, sure. So, I mean, if you're interested, I mean, I guess it depends on the application process. So in Illinois, sure. you didn't really uh, need to have property, which I think was fantastic. I mean, that's Good. absolutely the right way to go. You can find property after you win a license. It doesn't make sense to have people spending a bunch of money to hold property yeah. when they don't even know if they have a license. It's crazy that other states do that. It's absolutely absurd. Um, but, um, you know, and, and we did that, I think, um, just on the off chance that uh, we might end up locating. I think that was in Urbana-Champaign. Mm -hmm. um, so, um, you know, one of the most important first things that you should do when you're looking for property is make sure that it's zoned properly. Uh, because every single municipality is going to have zoning regulations pertaining to where uh, a dispensary can be. But, you know, I think what I was doing, uh, and I think this is also equally important, um, is to just introduce yourself to the community and say, hey, we're here. We'll answer any questions you have. You know, there's still obviously, uh, you know, lingering uh, prohibitionists out there that you might have to persuade. Uh, and I think really being an open book and telling, you know, members of the city council, talking to the police chief and just saying, hey, I'm here to answer questions. I want to work with you. We want to make this work. We want to make you happy. We want to make, you know, our patients or customers happy, happy, whatever the case may be. Um, and so really just, you know, kind of having a line in with the community. And another important thing I'd say is to, you know, find maybe a, a nonprofit or some sort of community organization that you're interested in assisting and, and build a relationship there too. Absolutely. Yeah, those are, those are all really good words of advice. I mean, you don't want to come in and be the, uh, the villain in the community. You want to be welcomed with open arms and collaborate and maybe even sponsor a marathon. Who knows, you know, just make, yeah. get, get the people comfortable with your name and get, let them get to know you as a neighbor, somebody that they can come and feel comfortable to ask questions about. Cause you never know, you know, maybe that yeah. lady that was once a prohibitionist, she sees you come in with, you know, suit and tie or whatever you're coming in. And they're like, well, I might ask him a few questions, you know, and that might be the doorway <laughs> that gets her, into the cannabis world, you know? So, yeah. And by the way, that might've been one, one of the last times I've worn a suit and tie. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, it's been a while since I've had to wear one. It's, it has. Uh, yeah. Uh, not really looking forward to it. I'm hoping that it'll, my neck will fit in, you know, and been putting on a lot of pounds. I know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm worried more about the waistline than anything, but uh, we'll see yeah. how it goes. 
Yeah. Well, cool. Thank you for, for getting into that. Cause that's, that's huge for people. And to contrast, like you say, with other States, Florida, for example, you have to be vertically integrated to operate in Florida. Yeah. And, and I, in my opinion, that just makes it impossible for, that's like a, that is a clearly lobbied for regulation by a big, you know, person that can scale up, yep. which is meant to prevent people that can't scale up in my opinion. So, but that's, that's kind of unrealistic. No, I agree. I mean, it's clearly, you know, uh, regulations and a law that was, uh, crafted by, uh, the industry. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And you, you know, gotta love those things. Um, speaking of laws and regulations crafted in the industry, this is something we've been touching on a lot in the past, and we're going to continue to touch on a lot in the future. What do you think about the current laws and regulations, uh, for citizens, um, in, in the cannabis industry? And I guess just to get you down the path of where I guess I'm trying to go. I think it's a, I think it's a, a travesty. Uh, we failed by not allowing all adults to cultivate their own cannabis, for example. Um, yeah, I, I mean, and there would be some downward pressure on, on prices if you did that too. Uh, you know, I mean, I think again, part of this is getting people comfortable. You can get more liberal as you kind of, uh, you know, as people move forward, as people start to understand the industry, as, as people uh, become less fearful of the industry. Um, so I think a lot of these things will happen. I mean, I think it also was a tragedy that we don't have delivery. I mean, it, it's yeah. crazy that we don't have delivery, especially in a pandemic. Right. Um, but I think these things will come. You know, I, I mean, I think it's both the communities getting comfortable, but it's also the, the legislators and, and uh, you know, the folks implementing these laws. I mean, uh, you know, not everybody is as comfortable with cannabis as, as you and I. Sure. That's a good answer to that question. Um, uh, yeah. Um, crap. Uh, I had a thought come up when you were when you were talking about home. Oh, yeah. I think a good rule uh, slash regulation or something that's come out of the pandemic, I guess is what I'm trying to say, um, is the fact that you can do curbside pickup now. I'm really hoping that that sticks around. I've talked to a few different companies and they say they plan to do it for as long as possible. And I'm really happy because they use the same reasoning that we've used on this show in the past, which is, yes, there are people who are immunocompromised right now, but they were immunocompromised before the pandemic and they're going to be immunocompromised after after the pandemic. My grandma, for example, you know, yeah. Um, so uh, I really hope that at least curbside stays around because, I mean, you know, w- when you look at the original list of conditions that the medical cannabis pilot program was li- limited to in Illinois, um, well, oh, there were pretty serious conditions, first of all. But second they were. of all, yeah. a lot of them came, not came with, it's not like it's like a package, you know, or whatever. But a lot of times if you had one of those conditions, you'd also be immunocompromised just by sheer, you know, matter of your condition, right? So Yeah. So let's hope we see. Yeah, that's a good one. I mean, around. I hope so too. You know, um, industry, or uh, excuse me, Missouri, uh, where I'm actually originally from, um, is allowing drive-through, which I think is another uh, really great opportunity. Um, and if I remember correctly, I think it's Pennsylvania uh, that allowed delivery through uh, emergency rules. I could be wrong about that, but I'm pretty sure it's one of the northeastern states. Uh, I think that would be another really cool thing for us to us to explore, and another avenue to create more social equity in the industry too. 
Exactly. More jobs. I mean, I don't yeah. understand why. Yeah, we, we don't do it. And uh, let's hope that we do, because we have seen a few bills that have been proposed. Um, not sure when I'm going to release this podcast and how the timing is going to work out, but we've got Bob McCoppin from the Chicago Tribune or Robert McCoppin, if you're trying to find his reporting. Um, and he's been reporting on some of the new bills that are that were on the house floor at the time i'm not sure if they've gone over into the senate or if there's been any movement yet that's why we're bringing him on because he knows what he's talking about cool um but yeah there was a cannabis delivery um there was uh the ability to have and host events which i thought were pretty cool so not only could you host an event and allow cannabis consumption but you could also vend cannabis which is something that you know obviously is not happening now um, and there were a few a few other uh, really promising-looking bills. One of them that I liked, um, which, like you say, it's a matter of getting people comfortable with it, but I really think that this isn't a stretch. I, I just – I don't uh, – there's a bill on the floor that eliminates possession limits. I think that needs to happen because I just always tell people, like, how would you feel if you were regulated – the amount of beer or wine you could have or like it just yeah. doesn't even make sense to people when you tell them like like you can only have this amount if you try to put it in any other context they're like what but if you put it in cannabis it's like oh yeah you know, sure they can only have an ounce yeah you know, of course anything over than that yeah. it's dangerous all of a sudden um but yeah. my my true problem with it is the fact that if you possess more than 30 grams as a you know resident you could find yourself in legal trouble, you know? So I, I really hope we see that and go away. I would, I would venture to guess that if you were black or brown, you'd be much more likely to end up in a jail cell if they found you with more than 30 grams. So I, I wholeheartedly agree with you there. They should just get rid of that. Yeah. And one of the things that we, I bring it up a lot. People are probably like uh, tired of me talking about it, but I, I want to, I hope that this saves somebody. Um, so in 2019, which seems like forever ago, when <laughs> cannabis was not, legalized for adult use um, but it was decriminalized you remember that uh, it was decriminalized mm -hmm. by bruce rauner actually um he held his i will never forget that he he held his word so i think it originally came through to de decriminalize like an ounce or more and he said well that's too much so they lo they lowered it to 10 grams they also added a few other conditions to the medical cannabis program mm -hmm. and he signed the bill he he surprisingly held his word. So credit where credit is due. I'm not a big fan of Bruce Rauner. Yeah. But, um, anyways, uh, so it was decriminalized in 2019 and you could have up to 10 grams on you. And if you were caught with that, it would just be a citation. And let's say, I always use this hypothetical scenario. You're in your car, you've got a baggie with a eighth in it, in your pocket, not in a container. You Nowadays, pa uh, past 2020, sorry, let me restart. With adult use, they crafted what they call transportation laws. And the transportation laws are that it, in order to transport cannabis, it must be in an odor-proof, child-proof, sealed container. That's um, right. And they actually ended up striking the tamper-evident language. I know police unions were lobbying pretty hard to have it so that there was like, if the tape was busted, it had to stay home, which is like crazy because then cannabis would be yeah. a one-way product, you know? Um, right. So, so anyways, though, if you don't have it in that container, you can actually get uh, in a container that meets their definition. You can actually get a class A misdemeanor for transporting cannabis incorrectly. And it, it's just crazy because what we saw was actually kind of 
the penalties increase after adult use, you know? And so I Interesting. Hope, That's still the case. I haven't, yeah. I haven't seen that. Yeah. Still the case. We actually had, um, within the last year, we had somebody on our subreddit IL trees actually get a class a misdemeanor and $600 court, $600 fines, court supervision. Um, you know, and, uh, I don't know court exactly. Supervision for <laughs> crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't know exactly the, like, you know, this person's individual scenario and how they were transporting it and whatever, what else was going on, you know, but the point right. is, uh, Kelvin McCabe from normal has, has talked about this and it's, it's definitely something that needs to change. Cause it's just like, wow. But, but let's talk about something positive for a second. We were just talking about home grow, Please. right? You did your first yeah. grow. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Yeah, so I grew, uh, it's it's like, I think it was called like CBD blueberry. So it was like traditional mm. blueberry uh, mixed with uh, a high CBD strain, like a high CBD medical strain. Uh, and I think it came out like one to one, maybe two to one. Uh, but it was it was so much fun. Uh, I, I mean, I literally enjoyed it so much. And, you know, as somebody who works in the industry, I think it was like so important to have the background knowledge to yes. how the plant has actually grown. Uh, mm-hmm. But it was funny, you know, I, I grew it in my closet. I have a, a big closet over in my living room uh, and I must have checked on it maybe 15 times a day. I was always mm-hmm. just like peeking in the little tent. It was just, it was so much fun, man. And, and you it, grew too. What did you, what did you grow? Yeah, I uh, just got, just chopped and harvested um, some critical kush and uh, a clone cool. of this other strain that I grew called Grease Monkey. <clears throat> they both came out stellar they're curing still but you know how it is it's like i'm like a kid in a candy store yeah. i had to try some a little bit and man yeah smoked a joint of that grease monkey the other day and it fucking blew me away like i literally like <laughs> yeah justine was like you wanna smoke Wait, so more? That... i was like no what's that <laughs> is that so uh, you said it's it's a clone that you had made mm-hmm yeah very cool how did you yeah. what did you do did you splice two uh strains together uh, actually what I did was, so, uh, it was, uh, popped a, popped it from seed, right? The grease monkey from seed. Mm-hmm. And I vegged it out for just a little bit over a month. And I used this guide for folks that want to learn, um, cloning made easy, uh, cannabis cloning made easy, uh, by growweedeasy.com. So growweedeasy.com listeners. Yeah, I was going to say our listeners know and love yeah. uh, that place. Um, they have a really good article called Cannabis Cloning Made Easy Roots in 7 to 10 Days. I slightly modified my technique, but at a, at, you know, basically what I did was I vegged out the plant, took some cuttings from the lower branch, dipped it in rooting gel, rolled it in rooting powder, and then put it in um, a rapid rooter plug. You know what those are? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah little plugs. And uh, then put it into like uh, my little homemade cloning dome. And within five days, oh. I had really aggressive roots. I think that the trick that works well uh, is using both the gel and the powder because some strains like the gel a lot some strains like the powder a lot. So just mix them both, you know? Yeah. And that's a great way to get more money out of your seeds. I mean, the cost yeah. of seeds is crazy, which yeah. is a whole other thing. It, you know, dispensaries should be selling seeds and, uh, you know, clones too. I mean, that would be really cool. Well, they do. You just have to look for the right brand. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> that was a diss on, uh, I was like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, no, yeah, you're right. 
the dispensaries need to start selling clones, um, you know, and to maybe this isn't a positive thing, but I asked one of the cultivators like, Hey, you know, you guys can sell seeds now. Why don't you? And the answer I got was we can, I don't, what? And I was like, I don't think they can by law. Cause again, it's the tamper evidence sealed container that cannabis has to be sold in. So they could do seeds. They couldn't do clones. Oh, so I'm not sure. I meant, I, I meant to, to say clone again. or I meant to say seeds. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, but he, the, the person was like, they had no idea that, that they were able to. And I was like, yeah, I mean, huh. um, when cultivation was legal. So that makes me a little, <laughs> that may, that doesn't make, that doesn't make me happy to hear. Um, but, but that's, you know, another thing. Um, yeah. Home grow has been really good. Was it, did you find that it uh, was really good for your mental health, especially during these times? Yes, I did. Uh, you know, it kept me busy. It kept me, you know, I was, I was researching something that I was, excited about, uh, you know, and, uh, just, I kept my mind busy. I was constantly doing something, constantly checking it, constantly seeing ways I can improve the, the grow tents or new equipment that I needed. So I do think it was, it was a really positive thing to do over the pandemic. Yeah. It gives you something to look forward to. And I think that's important, especially now more than ever, you know, we're all looking forward to the return of normalcy, but and, you know, you need other things to focus on, right? So yeah. growing cannabis is, for me, it was just a huge thing because, you know, it's something living. So you, you ha- you're you taking care of it and you have that to look forward to every day. Um, but it's also cannabis, right? So we love cannabis. So it's yeah. like you, you're invested in the fucking final product. Like you want it yep. to go well. So, you know, you're, like you say, you're researching, trying to find other perspectives, troubleshooting problems. If you know, they pop up, God forbid. And, uh, it's all a really cool process. So, um, do you have any words of wisdom for people that are teetering on the edge or, or consider, you know, considering growing? Uh, do it. I mean, it's, it's fun. You might as well give it a try. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, I guess it depends where you live. If you're in an apartment building, it might be difficult to do. Sure. Uh, I'm in an apartment building, but there's only a few other tenants and I don't think anybody really cares. Uh, but you know, uh, to minimize the odor and that kind of thing. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I would say just try it out. I mean, it does take a lot of research. You kind of want to like learn mm-hmm. about each step in the process. Uh, and then every time I felt like I was entering a new phase, I would do a bunch more research to figure out what exactly to do. Uh, and you know, uh, just like you, I would, I would refer everybody to grow weed easy. I mean, I don't think I could have made it through my grow without that website. Yeah. That website is just fucking phenomenal. If I may say, yeah, it's really great. Yeah. Good, good, uh, source of information folks. It's free. They also have really cool classes. I'm trying to get Nebula Hayes on this show. Um, the, which is the person that kind of curates the content on grow weed easy. But I have this feeling that he or she is an OG, an original grower, and they don't want, you know, to have a public face. So I, I kind of get it. But anyways, I don't yeah. know if I mentioned it. They've got classes, which are really cool because, um, so if you join their class, I don't, I believe they're still doing this. It's a virtual class. And what they do is they, you know, have everybody in the class buy seeds at the same time. I believe they try to make it so that it is the same strain so that there's less variables and they walk you through each step of the way, you know, check in once a week or however often it is. And you're able to ask questions, troubleshoot with them and, and anything else. Did you experience any problems um, when you started growing? I know a common one people yeah. get is overwatering or underwatering, you know? 
So I did uh, Coco Noir. Uh, or I think that's how you say cocoa core. I, I, I don't know. Anyway, it's like the husks of cocoa that are ground down and made into a soil and mixed with, um, perlite. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it's really difficult to overwater in that because, uh, it's, it's kind of like it's permeable. So all the water ends up coming out. Um, and, uh, so I enjoyed doing that. The one problem I did have is that I ended up with a male, which was really sad. Yeah. It's sad. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) it was my best plant, too. I mean, it was like the most beautifully grown. It was full. It was bushy. The branches were strong. It looked great. Uh, And then it ended up being a male and I I had to chop it down. It was sad. So word of advice, buy feminized seeds, right? So that you don't put in a bunch of effort and then have to chop. Yeah, I've done that before. That's why that's why I totally like if you could tell I I felt your pain. I was like, oh, my God, (laughs) because there's nothing worse. Like I, I started training it and you're getting ready, you're setting up the architecture and all of a sudden you see a ball and you're like, yeah, no, no, please, please. No, <laughs> you keep an eye on it and it keeps going. And you're like, Oh and you have yeah. to start loading up the shotgun. You're like, yeller, let's go behind the shed, you know? So that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So. And I mean, I bought feminized seeds. Uh, they claim to be like 99.9% mm, yeah, yeah. Uh, female. I think it's probably lower than that, honestly, because sure. I had other friends that, that ended up with the male too. Um, so, I mean, I guess another good word of advice would be maybe start with two plants just to yeah. make sure you don't end up with the male. For sure. Definitely want to do that. Definitely yeah. want to do that. That's a really good word of advice because you don't want to get six weeks into it and then have to chop your only plant like it, it's good to have options you know so yeah definitely definitely um yeah i had to just say you know we kind of stemmed from a conversation of zoning and regulations i wanted to do another positive thing i think illinois crafted their home grow laws actually pretty well i mean i still have problems with it i think that we should be able to have more plants i think that I think that maybe a concession with the more plants is having it in phased approaches. So I don't know if you know, in like Michigan, for example, you're allowed to have a certain number in veg and a certain number in flower. I think that's like, that's, that's a fair, uh, you know, regulation. But what I want to say that I think Illinois really did something right with their home grow, uh, with how we set up home grow by just, it's a blanket law. And so what I mean by that is, you um, have if you own the property and you've got a medical card, you're good to go. You know, if you've got a if you're an apartment, you you know you technically have to get uh, permission or whatever. Um, but, right. But barring that, you're good to go. In places like California and Michigan, there are towns and uh, well townships and uh, I don't even know what else to call them um, that are starting to ban home cultivation and ban commercial cultivation um but but to ban something that you're doing in your own house i'm glad that we didn't even allow for that to be a thing you know what i mean yeah so yeah it's not like anybody really knows that you're doing it i mean it's uh you know unless uh you're growing a lot and you know maybe not uh using uh odor kind of neutralizing uh agents and stuff like that then really it's i mean it it doesn't bother anybody Mm -hmm. yeah yeah so so, um, yeah, uh, growing is just, uh, I'm glad that we had a conversation on growing because I think that yeah. ever, more than, more than ever, people should try to get into it if they're able to, um, because it's just, it's rewarding in so many different ways, mentally, 
but also at the end of the road, you got yourself a fat bag of homegrown marijuana, you know, homegrown cannabis. Yep. So got to love it. Um, what was I going to say? This is the uh, problem, you know, with uh, smoking cannabis during the day. Your memory just goes right out the fucking window. Um, <laughs> so, um, is there any? Are there any states um, that you're like looking forward to see legalize legalizing it? I'm personally looking forward to seeing Alabama legalize medical uh, cannabis. It looks like it's at the governor's desk as of the last time I checked the news. Today is five seven uh, twenty twenty one for the people that are listening. So if it's happened, woo. You know, um, any states you're looking forward to? Yeah, um, well, I think New Mexico is is really fantastic. That that already happened uh, a couple of weeks ago. New York is is very very interesting. I mean, I think the whole Eastern Seaboard over the next uh, two years is probably going to go here as as you know most of these northeastern states starts to go wreck. Uh, uh, kind of following along after New Jersey. Um, let's see another one. Another interesting one is Texas. Uh, so they have, uh, I guess what you would call a CBD program. Um, mm-hmm. I think the limit of THC currently in Texas's program is about 0.5%. Um, so barely above the, the federal limit. Uh, but they are talking about uh, expanding the program, adding additional operators. Uh, I think they have like three or four uh, uh, MSOs currently operational down there. Uh, you know, bumping the THC cap, um, uh, let's see what, what else. Oh, expanding the list of, of eligible, um, conditions. Um, and so, yeah, I just, I think that's, that's really exciting. I mean, to have a state like Texas, uh, push forward and obviously it's not everything that, that you or I would want or even close to it, but, uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's, uh, it's interesting. It's a yeah. good thing. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, looks like I'm just looking at marijuana moment.net or friends at marijuana moment.net. Um, Looks like they just reported three hours ago that the Alabama governor will give the medical cannabis bill, quote, a thorough review. Uh, That's uh, from a spokesperson that is um, familiar, I guess, with how the governor uh, stands. Um, I always joke that this is where um, this is where they're going to start getting whispers like, hey, well, maybe we can't do that. You know, so we'll see how it plays out. We'll see. (laughs) We'll see how it plays out. Um, you mentioned Texas, uh, looks like they just had some recent reporting on Texas. What I was trying to find is that I saw that they recently, um, okayed a bill to maybe start doing like psychedelic studies in Texas. Oh, here it is. Texas house approved psychedelics research bill, um, as cannabis reform measures also advance. So that's what you were just talking about. So that's promising to see. It, it really is. I mean, that's a really exciting uh, new industry that, uh, I mean, has incredible potential to help people with a range of, of mental health issues. I mean, truly uh, could be transform- transformative. Um, I think there was an article in the New York Times. I didn't have a chance to actually read the full thing, uh, but there was a study of the effect of MDMA on uh, people with post-traumatic stress disorder. Uh, and it showed market improvement, um, and it's kind of moving into another phase. I think there'll be additional studies, which is a huge deal. Yeah, absolutely huge, uh, especially considering that we've seen that uh, some of these substances work better than legalized pharmaceutical subs- you know, substances that are prescribed to people uh, regularly. So um, that's always that's always a good thing. You know what I mean? To gives me hope for the future of mental health. Um, yeah. So, uh, 
I also wanted to report uh, or share the report just because this caught my eye an hour ago, a marijuana moment reported. And this is something we've seen in other states and um, heard murmurs of happening, even our own. A uh, top aide to Texas Agriculture Commissioner has been arrested for alleged hemp corruption scheme. Uh, Smith, Smith and others involved in the scheme are alleged in the warrant to have solicited a total of $150,000 to guarantee a license, including $25,000 upfront cost for a survey that they said was required to get a license in Texas. So you hate to Ooh. see that happen, but it's it, it does, unfortunately, right? So Yeah, not good. Not good. All right. Well, um, I guess uh, we can start to wrap up the show because uh, I've got um, a few things that I've got to tend to, including this uh, this joint. You know, as if I'm not high enough, right? Um, <laughs> uh, do you? Ha- I wanted. I meant to ask you at the top of the show. Do you have social media for people that possibly want to connect with you? If not, no worries. Yeah, I don't really use social media. I think I, I have an Instagram. I'm on there maybe uh, like once a week, just kind of thumbing through friends. Uh, let's see, I'd have to look. I think I'm like at Cole Eastman 87 or something like that. Uh, so anyway, I'm not a big social media person, but you can find me on LinkedIn, uh, Richard Cole Eastman. Awesome. Oh, man. Is your first name Richard? It is. Is your first <sighs> name Richard? Yes. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. I wish. Oh I, that would have been so That would have cool. been crazy. Yeah, that would have been cool. I was going to close the show out with some stupid cold joke about the fact that we have the same name, but I just realized (laughs) we don't. You know, you might be one of like three Coles I've met in my entire life. Yeah. Truly. Like there's just not that many out there. We're rare, but important people. Powerful. Agreed. Coles, we run together (laughs) as best as we can. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Cole, uh, you know all of my lame attempts at comedy aside, it's been a pleasure speaking with you again. And I look forward to speaking with you uh, in the future. I'm really interested to hear uh, how you enjoy your new gig at point seven. I'm sure all of our listeners are applauding you right now because um, you've, you have a history of fighting for, you know, good causes. And I trust that you'll be bringing those values, you know, to point seven and, um, we're just really excited for you, man. So, well, thanks, man. Yeah. And I, I appreciate your time. This has been a lot of fun. We got to, we'll catch up soon. Do it yeah. again. Absolutely. All right. Well, folks, this was, uh, Cole Eastman and, uh, I hope you, hope you enjoyed this episode. We'll be coming at you with some more in the future, um, with some super exciting guests. We'll be talking about some super exciting things. So just stay tuned. And uh, in the meantime, Chillin' Oil, why don't you grab your uh, cannabis if you've got it. Spark it up. Cheers, Cole. I know you're in the middle of a work day, huh? No. Cheers. Are you <laughs> Are you able to smoke? Have you got any weed on you? You, you want to smoke? Uh, let's, yeah, I probably got I probably got something laying around. I, I'm not in the middle of work day, actually. I have today off. Oh, yeah. You said you started I'm on allowed Monday. to do these kind of things. That's nice. right. Nice. Well, that, that's cool. So, <laughs> folks, yeah, get your stuff ready to go. We'll... Take some hits and uh, close out the show. Yeah. Um, so, do you have to go in on Monday? No. So they're based in Colorado, um, and so I'm I'm the only person who will be based in uh, Chicago, as far as I know. Um, so I'll be working from home. Uh, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, working from uh, you know shared workspaces soon. Here, uh, I'm excited to not be in my house twenty four seven. 
Yeah. Uh, so uh, we'll see how that shakes out. But uh, yeah, and then I imagine I'll be I'll be traveling to states where we have clients, and you know, traveling to Colorado to meet up with sure. the team as well. So yeah. Well, congrats, you dude, and cheers. All right, cheers, Illinois. I hope you. Uh, Thanks, guys. Yeah, hope you enjoy the rest of uh, your day, night, or whenever you're listening to this. Take care.